Welcome to the Matt Report, the number one WordPress business podcast. This isn't geek speak. It's about the journey of success and failure as a WordPress entrepreneur. Get ready. You're just an episode away from your next aha experience or big idea. And now your host, Matt. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Report, uh, mattreport.com slash subscribe, uh, mattreport.com to just check out the new landing page. Let me know what you think about the homepage. It looks pretty awesome in my eyes. Uh, super excited for today's episode one because it's been a while since I've actually put a new episode out, <laughs> and so I apologize for that, but things are kicking into full gear here at the Matt Report uh, and at the studio. I can't wait to talk about some of the stuff there, but I, I just first have to say that today's guest, Nathan Hangen of Ignition Deck. Uh, you saw him in my Startup Challenge episode. This dude is awesome. Uh, if I ever have a co-host, it's going to be Nathan. I, of course, I have to ask him first, but uh, I might actually try to, to actually do that. He brings us down so many awesome avenues about building his business ignition deck um, from what it was like to build the product, how he builds the product, how he plans his product, then how he drives traffic uh, to ignition deck. And then we're going to talk about some of the, the really, you know, inside baseball things of dealing with large competition, legally dealing with large competition, where he got a cease and desist uh, from one of uh, the big brands that are out there, and I assume it might be a Kickstarter. Oh, if I didn't mention, Ignition Deck is a fundraising crowd um, sourcing app, or excuse me, plugin, uh, which I think he's eventually going to turn into an app, which he talks about. Uh, and it's just tremendous. Uh, it's just an awesome advice, awesome advice all around from all corners uh, of his business. The, uh, the ProCast, uh, that, uh, the Pro segment that he talks about, uh, is how to drive traffic to his site, and he'll go into detail um, about that if you are a MattReport.com Pro member. Pro member, you say? Yes, pro member. The Matt Report Pro is finally here. Um, I think in this episode, I said slash register. I actually meant to say slash join. So please, um, if you want to learn more about the Matt Report Pro, um, it's mattreport.com slash join. Uh, it's the best way to support this show, right? Uh, when, I, when 2014 rolled around, I said, I, I need to monetize Matt Report. I want to build a business in front of folks' eyes. Um, I want to build, I want to do this as a practice of building value, building content, building an audience, having customer base. Um, and, and giving back um, and being profitable while doing it um, so that I can go to word camps and I can attend all these different conferences across the country because it, it does get a little bit pricey. <laughs> um, and until I am uh, Corey Miller status or Brian Clark status, um, somebody's got to pay the bills and that's me. And um, I want to do it by building an awesome online community, an awesome online business um, that I can have you all a part of. Um, I looked at taking advertising, advertising sponsorship and I just didn't feel it in my gut. I didn't feel that it was right. Um, I, you know, one of the, the sponsors wanted to be my only sponsor and they were giving me uh, some some good money um, where I could have really you know done that and launched a membership site, but I, it didn't feel right in my gut. I don't want to be reading ads other than for my maybe my own stuff, <laughs> um, and it, it just didn't feel right. So I didn't take that kind of money. So what are you going to get with a Matt Report Pro membership? Uh, first and foremost, you get. 
private community access, right? We're going to have bulletin boards up there where you can talk about all things about your WordPress business, your life, whatever it is. It's like a mastermind community, uh, you know, that is kind of filtered away from the, the, the open internet. So if you have, you know, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I have a lot of communities that I've built. I have WPMentor.org. I have the Google Plus Entrepreneur Community. Um, you can post on my blog in the comments. And, you know, some folks kind of hold back. They don't want to share maybe some, you know, some private business details as well. In this community, you know, with a pro membership that you're going to get access to me. Um, I'll be answering questions. Guests will be answering questions. And uh, even other members of the community will be answering questions. So you know that we're a bunch of like-minded individuals. Um, and you're going to get direct access to my guests. So you'll see a, a post on the forums about upcoming guests, upcoming guests for March in particular. And if you have questions for these folks or you want to recommend a guest, you can post right in that forum there and say, here's the question I want uh, for instance, Carrie Dills to answer when she comes on the show in March. Um, stuff like that. I'm going to do special monthly training calls. And this month, in the month of February, last week of February, we're going to talk about building a community, things you have to do um, to build a community, the benefits, um, the trials, the tribulations, things like that. Every month, I'll have a procast. This is a professional podcast <laughs> from professional WordPress people. And this month, it's already posted for February. Chris Lemma, Pippin Williamson, and Tom McFarland are going to spend an hour with us talking about growing a business, building a business, raising prices um, to make a little bit more money with our projects and all that fun stuff that they've experienced in their business. Um, so you're going to get that as well. Every single month, I'll put out a new procast, a new training webinar. Um, so you're already looking at two hours worth of private training there. And each guest, uh, like I mentioned, Nathan's going to have his pro segment. Uh, we'll stick around to the end of the show where the public podcast will not hear the answer to whatever question they might be answering at the beginning. And, and this one is driving traffic with Nathan. Um, and we'll get that stuff posted to the forum so that only pro members have access to it. Um, so what does this all cost? Well, this is going to be special just for the podcast listeners. I'm not going to post this on the blog post. Um, so you might just have to jot this down or, you know, write it down, you get out of the car, whatever it is. For you, for the listeners today, it's 10 bucks down for the first month. And then $39 a month recurring. Um, and you would use the promo code in all capital letters, MAPPRO10. Uh, and you use that at mattreport.com slash join. Um, and that's special pricing just for my podcast listeners. Uh, for 10, 10 bucks, it's a way to support the show. Even if you say, you know what, Matt, I don't even like this. <laughs> I don't even, I, you know, I don't want to stick around. I don't want to be part of this community. I don't want all this free uh, stuff that you're going to be giving. Um, you know, I don't really need to support the show, you know, recurring. Even that that's 10 bucks will help me. And I just, you know, really, really appreciate it because I get to work hard um, to not have advertising and not have sponsorship on the show. So every month, Mastermind, uh, Community, awesome training, private access to my, my guests. Right now, 10 bucks down uh, for the first 30 days and then recurring 39 bucks a month, just a slight smidgen more than what you pay for hosting uh, on a managed hosting provider. And you're gonna get a whole heck of a lot more uh, than you're gonna get from uh, some of the leading uh, managed hosting providers in, in terms of support for your business. Um, the, uh, the other bonus uh, in, in this month is I already have James Dahlman's pro segment up there where he talks about finding these six-figure clients. I had him on. Um, his uh, show is not posted at, at, at the internet, uh, on the internet yet, uh, but maybe I'll put the entire show on the forum uh, if enough people post about it in the forum. Um, but you also get that as a bonus this month. Uh, so again, 10 bucks down, 39 bucks a month. The price is definitely going to go up. Uh, right now, I'm thinking 
you know, it's, it's either going to be 99 bucks down for the first month and then 59 a month. There, there, will, there will be a number, uh, but the price will definitely be going up. So take advantage of this now. Again, uh, it's not going to be posted on the blog post because uh, I only want my podcast listeners uh, to have access to this. Mattreport.com slash join promo code MattPro10. Uh, cancel any time. Let me know, mattreportblog at gmail.com, mattreport.com slash contact. You have questions about it, you want to hit me up, hit me up on Twitter, whatever. Um, I'll answer any of your questions. Um, This is the number one way to keep this podcast going. Without further ado, uh, I hate that this kind of overshadowed my awesome interview with Nathan, but let's dive into Nathan because it's just just some awesome advice today. Uh, Thanks for your support. And again, if you have any questions, tell your friends, uh, number one WordPress business podcast or any uh, business podcast for web marketing, web designers, developers, freelancers, agencies, all that stuff. Spread the word, mattreport.com. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing Matt Report episode. Nathan Hangen uh, joining us uh, on the show, met him out in Pressnomics, uh, which was a great time. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, later on the show. But Nathan, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, so actually, just before, actually before I begin, because this is sort of a new segment, we are going to chat uh, in the bonus section uh, that will appear in the Matt Report membership section. Um, we're going to talk about driving more traffic and charging a little bit more money from your clients. This is uh, that new segment that we've been talking about at the Matt Report. Um, so if you want to hear that, you're going to have to go to mattreport.com slash register, uh, and we will uh, get you registered to an account, and you can get access to Nathan's great insights. But without further ado, Nathan, uh, who are you? What do you do? Well, um, you, we already talked about my name. I'm Nathan Hangen, and I'm a um, basically a lifelong entrepreneur, for better or for worse. I've been trying to build businesses since I was a kid. Um, you know, I spent a little bit of time in the Army. Came back out of the army motivated and ready to uh, get back into that. So right now I am the uh, a co-founder and the lead developer for Virtuous Giant, and we make um, products like Ignition Deck and Member Deck for WordPress. Awesome. Um, you said something that I really loved. You say you're trying to build a business, <laughs> or, or you've been trying to build businesses. Uh, I want to talk about that, but why have you chosen WordPress as your entrepreneurial platform? Well, you know, I have been, um, some of my earlier businesses, at least online businesses, were um, in kind of internet marketing or just building products, and I needed a quick website to spin up. And so WordPress was always, I kind of taught myself WordPress a long time ago, back when I got my first Twitter account, and um, I just always loved how easy it was to spin it up. The You know, the install was great, and so I just kept reusing WordPress, and eventually, you know, like all of us, I learned how to tweak it a little bit, and, um, you know, build my own stuff and it just kind of grew from there and so eventually when we started building tools um, like Ignition Deck we 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 needed a platform because we had a use for our product and so we needed a platform to build it on and WordPress it just made sense because we already knew it and we loved it and um, you know I knew a lot of people in the community so it just went from there. Nice. Do you still see it as a uh, viable viable platform or do you kind of see your business outgrowing WordPress? You know, that's a great question. It's something my co-founder and I um, talk about a lot, and we get a lot of requests for stuff outside of WordPress. And, and I would say the answer to that is is yes to both. Um, yes, we want to expand beyond WordPress um, for a lot of different reasons, um, whether it's client base or just, you know, enterprise product lines where they don't necessarily want to use WordPress, um, just to have that kind of opportunity. But also, I, I think WordPress as an application platform is underused. I think it makes a great 
um, base layer. And I, and I think some of the products that are coming out these days are starting to build APIs on top of WordPress. And I think that's, that really excites me too. I, I think that potential is still untapped and, and that's probably the direction we're going to go. Yeah. That, I think that's something that, uh, especially, uh, out in Pressnomics, we saw a lot of talk about that and we saw some talk about outgrowing WordPress, but I, I want to get your insight. You know, we look at it and we're like, Hey, I mean, we just look at it really, uh, primitively. We're like that powers 20% of the internet. Of course there's a market. Um, and, you know, but then you, you, you get into these, uh, these meetings like a Pressnomics or even WordCamps, and we're, sometimes we leave there saying, are we just selling to, like, each other? Like, is this community just selling to each other? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, does the common folk uh, understand what WordPress can do yet? And would they hire somebody like you and I to build these applications? That's a good question. I think, in a sense, yes. In fact, we all, I was talking to Adam Pickering about this at, at Pressnomics, and I, I think WordPress is still, um, we're still doing things the old-fashioned way, the old WordPress way, and I think we are, as entrepreneurs in the WordPress community, I think we're grossly um, underperforming. I think we could be doing a lot better. I think we should have a lot more million-dollar um, or seven-figure WordPress businesses. I'd like to see even more than that you know, billion dollar WordPress businesses. But I think when it comes to, you know, Joe Schmo or somebody who needs a website, you know, they're going to want to update content. They're going to change things and they're probably going to be cheap and they're going to want to do it without having to pay you to come back and do it. So definitely from a client perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think if you got to spin up a quick CMS, I mean, you know, the average customer is not going to spin up a, a ghost instance or, um, right. They don't want to pay for, you know, Expression Engine or, you know, and if you ever use Joomla or Drupal, I mean, those are great systems, but, the, you know, it's, it's just a pain. So I think that will always be there. I think it's going to continue to grow. I, I still think and maintain that we're in the infancy of WordPress as an um, e-commerce platform. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that you hit the nail on the head about being, as entrepreneurs, just vastly underutilized uh, in many ways about, you know, building these multi-million dollar businesses and, and the old fashioned way, you know, and I'm, I'm uh, guilty of it is, you know, we're, we're doing themes and plugins, right? But right. What, what else can we do? And of course, Ignition Deck being one of those sort of SaaS models, you know, from the outside um, and just doing something totally different than just make my blog post look pretty or share my blog posts. Um, so, you know, kudos to you in that, in that front. Uh, you know, and we even heard Gravity Forms talk about this, like, hey, we don't even consider ourselves a plugin. We consider ourselves a, a SaaS app that happens to run on top of WordPress. Um, so it'll be interesting to see as the years come, you know, what other companies kind of spawn from this model. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. I was going to mention that also because I talked with Carl a little bit about that. And, um, you know, it's... Building that base layer like we talked about with the API, I mean, that's that's where the real power is. And I liked um, Carl's analogy, Carl from Gravity Forms, um, you know, his competitors are not people on WordPress. And I, and I think that's true for a lot of us because it, some people took that as like him boasting about it. But I'm, I think he's looking at it as in, you know, the power, you know, they're all venture-backed companies and we can compete with them using WordPress. Just because we have WordPress doesn't mean we can't run a Shopify or a, a Wufoo or something like that. So I really like what you had to say on that topic. Yeah, I agree. Um, before I get, get into into your business, something else you brought up about internet marketing and you and you kind of dove into that area uh, early on. That That is something that actually 
was something that inspired me to, to start the Matt Report because I heard these internet marketers, um, and we all know who they are. <laughs> some, of us, <laughs> some of us follow them, and, and some of them give really good advice, but there's a, like a majority of just folks that are out there that are giving this advice that look at WordPress as like this throwaway thing, right? It's like, need a site? Spin up WordPress. Need to sell? You know, you too can make a million dollars a year by selling on top of WordPress. Just spin it up. Don't ever have to worry about it ever again. No one thinks of scale and security and, and growth and, you know, function of a website. Uh, your thoughts on like this whole internet marketing thing, uh, good or bad? Is it changing? What, what do you see happening? You know, I could probably talk about this for hours because I, this is, you know, when I was in Afghanistan, I, um, you know, I didn't want, I, this is probably going to be my first and only tour and I, as long as I got out of the army and I, I wanted to come back with the business. And so I had, you know, learned WordPress and I, um, I actually wrote a, a Twitter guide called Twitter Rockstar just because I, I read one, I thought I could do a better job. And, and then, you know, it sold well. So I kind of got sucked into that a little bit and I started blogging and, and pitching that stuff and after a while you kind of get sucked in and then I realized after a while I didn't feel like I was producing anything of tangible value um, and so I basically took those skills you know switched professions to software developer and applied those skills so I think the, the internet marketing stuff you know selling the ebooks I I think that's it still works for people who are actually offering a tangible good a good value product but I think in terms of like I don't know if you're familiar with Frank Kern or, or some of those guys um, called, you know, in the syndicate as they call it. I think those guys have great, they've taught us all how to market better. I don't think, you know, doing that necessarily is going to be a, a pathway to success going forward. But I think using those tools, the basic tools, email marketing, um, writing good copy, blogging, SEO, all that stuff. If, if you're going to go and build a product, you just reapply those the same tools and, and it It'll work. Yeah, I mean, and that's sort of like the crossroads that the Matt Report is at, and something I've actually opened up to the audience to, you know, I, I'm just asking for feedback. Like, what would you pay? Like, I don't want to be uh, the guy that's out there that's like, you know, top 10 ways to launch your WordPress business. Download this ebook now, and then I'm going to hit you up later for like, a, you know, whatever, one-on-one uh, -on -one consulting or, or a paid webinar. I don't want to do that, that, that same route. Um, and on the flip side is, I think we're all starting to become a little bit jaded from that. And, and I spoke to some people at Pressnomics and uh, this last weekend, WordCamp Boston, where folks were literally spending like thousands and thousands of dollars looking for consulting. I'm not saying they weren't getting good consulting, but the WordPress industry and marketplace is a different animal. Um, and if you go and you get that generic counseling from somebody else and they, then they try to apply it in like building a theme or a plugin and working with the community, it's just not the same advice. Um, so I saw a lot of discouraged folks, or I heard from a lot of discouraged folks who have been putting out a lot of money for this typical internet marketing without any results. Yeah, I, and I think the, the issue with that is, is you have people coming trying to make money and solve and learn on the job. So there's a lot of people trying to learn on the job and make money at the same time, and really they can't offer good service. And then you have a bunch of people who really, they don't eat, you know, we're big believers in dog fooding our own products. So everything we sell, we generally try it first. Um, I don't think you have a lot of that, and and I think if the people who have success and who can teach marketing um, in WordPress are the people who are doing that every day, mm -hmm. um, and and it doesn't have to be a consultant. You know, we right. we saw I can't remember the gentleman's name, and you know he hit the publish button at press Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> great example. And then you know anybody who sells a plugin or theme that does well, I mean those are the people that that truly get it. Yeah. So let's talk about Ignition Deck. Uh, you also mentioned uh, you spoke with Adam. Uh, Pickering, he has a competitive product, right? 
Yeah, I guess um, you could say that. Uh, we, we actually joked about that at dinner over yep. here. And that was one of the awesome things about Pressnomics, and I wrote about this, that competition at Pressnomics is in the air, but it's like an amazing, it's totally different than if you went to like a blog world or something like that or some other uh, big conference where, where your competitors looked at you and it's like, I want to eat your lunch. Instead, at Pressnomics, <laughs> we're having lunch <laughs> with each other. Um, but yes. talk, t- tell us about Ignition Deck and what it's all about. Yeah, so Ignition Deck is... Um, a WordPress, um, or a crowdfunding plugin for WordPress, and and really we built it in. Um, we launched in October of 2010. I'm sorry, 2011, after um, about six months of development, and we built it because we wanted to. At the time, we were doing mobile development. My partner Sean and I um, got together and started a business in 2010, and so we had this really cool iPad game idea. It was called DJs versus Ninjas, and it was just going to be this real cool, like Guitar Hero meets um, Ninjas, and. <laughs> It sounds kind of campy, but it, it was kind of a cool idea. We had a friend who's a DJ, and he was going to do the music and everything. And so we wanted to raise money, but we, we were turned off by the Kickstarter application. I, I felt like they were trying to make to design my levels for me, and like I just I didn't like having to ask somebody per, for permission on how to do crowdfunding. So we thought, well, let's look for a WordPress solution, and, and it didn't exist. And so we wait about six months. Um, we tried again. We look around. Surely there's something there by now. Kickstarter's taken off. It still wasn't there. So we thought, you know what? Let's just build it ourselves. And I wasn't a developer at the time. I mean, I was a front-end guy, but not a back-end guy. Um, and Sean's a front-end guy also. And so we just we, we brought in some um, some developers to help us build a prototype. We put up a, um, an email splash page, and um, we took off from there. Since then, I've now taken over as, as the lead developer. Ignition Deck's been out for two years. We have thousands of customers, and um, it, you know it's a, it's a full-time um, job for us both now. More than full time, often, but um, you know, it's spun off into two different products. On top of that, Ignition Deck Plus membership and a white label platform that people have requested called Enterprise, which we can get into if you want. But yeah, that's that's the gist of it. Yeah, um, I, I'm interested in so many aspects of this business. Um, you know, most folks, is, you know, from the outside, from the exterior, say, "Yeah, I put up a, a landing page, got some got some signups, and then off off we go." But what was the pain points of that? Do you have any of those stories where it was like, we put up a we put up a landing page, no one came, but then we sort of uh, did this, and all of a sudden that's what clicked. Um, anything like that? Sure. So I'll, you know, I'll be honest, and this might encourage people. We only had two hundred people on our email list when we launched, um, and you know, we had, you know, I, I have these days. I had an old Twitter account with like tens of thousands of followers. I ditched it. My account now has less than a thousand so we didn't have a lot of reach there we didn't have a lot of reach on Facebook I knew some people who were in the marketing and WordPress community but you know you can't keep pushing those buttons all the time so we just kind of put it up we did we might have done a little AdWords but we just SEO optimized that page and we just let it come in for six months to see if there's interest and like I said we launched to 200 people Um, but I would say over 50 percent of those people bought within the first three months of the launch so um, but the problem was is that we were the product was beta, you know. So we launched it in beta, and we charged thirty nine dollars at the time. It was a really crappy product. I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassed just to, to think about it. You know, <laughs> at the time it was just called like it was like a crowdfunding widget, and that's it. Um, we had all sorts of bugs because I wasn't a developer, and so you know I was testing, but not testing as well as I could. And so there was a lot of pain points there, but people stuck with us, and we just kept iterating on it. And we were the only, um, the only crowdfunding plugin for WordPress at the time so people had to come to us and they you know we had a really great community we we were active in support and reaching out and talking to people and saying hey we're really working on this to make it better what what can we do to make it better 
And so that just kept building and building and building. I mean, we, it wasn't like it was gangbusters. It probably took 12 to 18 months before it really started to, to grow some consistent revenue. Yeah. But a lot of people are afraid. And, and I talked to some folks over the weekend as well at WordCamp Boston. And, and they, were, they have like this product there. They have this idea. Maybe they've sketched out a theme or they've actually started to code a plugin. And they're afraid to kind of launch it because of what, of what you just said. You launched. It was ugly. It was problematic. But you stuck through it. You just talked to your clients. I mean, what's your advice to those folks who are afraid to kind of launch it just because of the fear of showing the world what they've built? Yeah, we all kind of have that fear where we're afraid of being a fraud or exposed. I mean, I'm a big Hacker News reader, and for a while, my, my worst fear was somebody posting our product to Hacker News and then picking it apart. But, you know, you just – what we came to realize is that most of our customers, they don't read Hacker News. They don't read tech sites. They don't read our code. Um, they just want a functional product that works kind of like it's supposed to. And if you can do that and, you know, and if there's a bug or something like that, as long as you address the, the fact that the bug exists – and you try and show them that you're going to fix it. You know, it's it's unrealistic to to launch a product that's perfect. I mean, we've been launching products, you know, WordPress products, dozens of them. I think I now have 30 plugins in, in my own personal repo. Um, they're never perfect. There's always a bug. There's always something that you missed. And so you've just got to throw it out there. The customers are the best beta testers ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the first buyers, first early adopters, are the ones who will be the most generous in supporting you and helping you fix things. Yeah. Um you know, in in the world of software, right? I mean, this is this is the game, right? I mean, you you will never have uh, that perfect line of code or that perfect set of of features on on day one, and certainly not on day three hundred and sixty five. Um, plenty yeah. to plenty plenty of dynamic stuff moving moving on and 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 adding uh, to the fray. Uh, how do you manage your uh, sort of you know that feature request now? You know. Here you are a few years later. What what is it that uh, the day to day like that when people say, you know, what would be really good? This, I mean, how do you say no <laughs> to a lot of this stuff? <laughs> well, so we have we run everything through a support forum that's all um, protected via our that's a custom plugin we built for that. So um, we run through BB Press and we have a feature request forum, and then we also have a contact form on our website, which gets used a ton. And then we have um, we use a product called Intercom. Inside of our WordPress product, it's basically like a help desk slash messaging um, system. It's a really cool product. I love it. But so people will use that to to send us stuff. So basically, they'll, they'll send us a request and we we'll say, you know, thanks a lot for sending the request. If it's something that we get a lot of requests for, we'll say, you know what, um, we're we're receiving a lot of requests for this, so we're going to talk about it when we can implement the product. If it's something that is something we don't want to do. Or we're not sure, you know, maybe it's a year from now we'll do it. We generally say, you know, thanks. We're going to throw it up on our, our board for discussion. We haven't had a lot of requests for it, and we can't promise it'll go in, but it's definitely something we could consider. Also, how would you, how would this help you? How would you use this feature? You know, what, what would it do for you? Because maybe there's another feature that they don't know about that would actually solve that same problem. And then there's a lot of times where I get a, a request, and it's like, you know what, why don't we do that? Why isn't that in there already? And I'll just, I won't even talk to Sean about it. Boom, I'll just pop it out. Um, maybe it's a couple hours, maybe it's a day, but um, that happens quite often too. Hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things from looking at looking at this business of raising money um, and doing it in the crowdfunded 
fashion, what kind of, you know, legal stuff were you afraid of? Or did you kind of already know, like, you know what, there's, there's no real legal stuff I should be afraid of? Or who, the onus uh, of, of projects, do you ever get anybody yelling at you saying, this person who I gave money to using your plugin never built, never built their product? What is that all like? You know, that's, that's, a good, that's a good question. And it's something that, you know, we're kind of like... Um, we, we, you know, we're not afraid to break rules and then apologize later. So we'll, we'll just kind of rush out there. It's, you know, we'll throw a product out there and see what happens. You know, we don't, we never want to scam anyone. And so because our product, you know, it's two years old, but it's still young in terms of um, shelf life compared to other products. Um, and crowdfunding is so new. We haven't had really had to experience that. And we don't worry about a lot about legal issues. However, we want we want to make sure that people are protected in terms of we don't want Ignition Deck to get a bad name if somebody screws somebody over. I mean, I, I um, backed Instacube, and that was the only product I've had to, on Kickstarter I've had to ask a refund for because it basically became vaporware. Um, so we're, we're thinking about actually building a um, kind of validated by Ignition Deck tool. We're still in early phases of that, but we, we want to do something there for buyer protection, but it's such a big problem to solve. But you know, our, our biggest asset is our legal team, which is expensive, and we, you know, we don't pay them. Um, it's not a monthly expense, but it's something we're prepared to, to spend if we have to. Um, and they they advise us very well. So I recommend that if you're at a business at scale and you need, you know, you're afraid of things like that, know who you can call if you need a lawyer. <laughs> you know, we've had um, our biggest issue was um, cease and desist from some of the bigger names in crowdfunding because they didn't like, you know, who we were or what we were doing. Um, but we, you know, we, res- we resolved those um, amicably and never had any issues after that. At least, mm-hmm. you know, knock on wood. Uh, is there anything that you can disclose about that? I mean, is is it? I've in my early days, I started up a company. I also received a cease and desist. Um, that company never actually ended up launching. Um, anyway um, but were you afraid at the time was it as simple as changing some code or is anything you can chat about on that realm sure um, well at the time I had a full-time job um, I was a director of um, uh, interactive at, a, at an ad agency and so that's just another part of my my phase is you know working to, until the product supported us but I had an office across the street actually so I'd go there and lunch and after work um, it was very convenient one day I went over there and I had a FedEx overnight you know, mailer, and it was from a very, they sounded very important, this law firm. And so I was, <laughs> I was half excited because I was like, oh my gosh, if these guys um, know who we are, then we must be onto something. And then I was half scared to death, like, oh my God, what if we get sued out of our minds and, you know, we right. have to close down business. Luckily, we were still early. We're like, well, you know, if they, we have to close a business, then we'll find something else to do. But um, it turned out that, you know, the fear was irrational, and then the excitement was probably a little irrational too. But um, you know, they, it was it was a design issue. They thought our design copied their design too much, and gotcha. so we said we'll come out with a bunch of different designs, and we'll make it more customizable, so it doesn't always look like your site. And that was that was the resolution. Nice, nice. Um, you also said that you know you start with this idea. Now you have sort of a uh, a membership component, a white label component. I also notice on the site you have um, a consulting component for folks who are looking to kind of, uh, I guess, do this the crowdfunding stuff. Um, it's very interesting to me because it reminds me a lot of sort of kind of where I'm at is we start to, we start to see some um, uh, opportunity in, in other areas. How do you manage that 
mentally <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, uh, listening to uh, an investor the other day talk, and it was all about designing your business first. Don't go chasing that money. And then, because as soon as you find that opportunity where that money is, you start to think, okay, I can make more of this money. Um, you know, your, your thoughts on how you kind of manage all that. Well, you know what what that investor said is is pretty good advice um, with a few caveats. But for a long time, we tried to get out of this business because all we wanted to do was build a one-time plug-in and go build other stuff. We had all these other great ideas, and we kept trying to escape. And you know, something for whatever reason just kept bringing us back. Sort of signals maybe we picked up a client or maybe we picked up a big customer. Finally, we're like, you know what? Let's. This is what's paying our bills. We'd be foolish to ignore it. Let's just keep building it. So at the same time, I have. You know, a, a ton, if, like most entrepreneurs, a ton of ideas for other products and then a ton of things I want to do for Ignition Deck. We use Trello to manage that and it, it, we just have boards everywhere full of yeah, ideas. Me too. And it's so frustrating because, you, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm disappointed with my product now because I'm thinking about what it's going to be like in six months. Um, and, you know, and Sean's the same way. He has all these themes and things he wants to build. And it's like, you know, we, we've learned eventually that as long as, the sales keep coming in. It's okay to not be where you want to be. Um, you know, just keep iterating as fast as you can. Like I said earlier, I have like 30 different repositories I, I manage between our extensions and our private stuff that we build. Um, so every day I'm switching in between um, code projects and it, and it become messy, but I kind of just embrace um, the madness. In, in the Army, we had a term called embrace the suck, and it was basically like, um, you know, it, it's going to suck whether you're mad about it or not. So might as well just get happy about it and embrace it. So that's kind of what we've tried to do is just revel in it. Yeah, that, that's amazing advice. I mean, I, I know for the last, God, I don't know, five, six years, it's like, how do I control this this beast in my head that's always like, hey, this is great. You did a really good job. Let's move on to the next thing. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and to the same point as you is it's, hey, this thing's making you money but you just want to move away from it. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's exactly. What is wrong with you? It's, it's making you money. Why would you give up on it to this point? Um, I don't think it's anything we, if we didn't have that problem, we wouldn't be entrepreneurs. I don't, I, I don't think so. I guess it's good that we can't kind of tame, tame this thing inside of us. Uh, yeah, we, you know, just real quick on that, you know, Sean and I, once or twice a year, we get together um, and we basically bring in all the ideas that we have and we just pick them apart for like three days. You know, we sit, grab a bunch of beers, watch movies, whatever, and we just talk about our ideas. And if we have an idea that we think is really going to be better, or we can execute better, we'll, we'll start on it. But generally we, we find that, you know what, these ideas are just fantasies. I think one good conversation to have in that regard though is this business is making me money, but how could it make me 10x? How can right. I scale it? And that And that's a whole different one, obviously, but I think that's a good one to have. Do you think uh, do you think that WordPress entrepreneurs, as they're known now, uh, are are thinking scale, um, or thinking ten x, or, or do you the most WordPress entrepreneurs you cross paths with are they just like oh I'm happy kind of kind of just doing this thing on the side? I think almost I, you know, I'm a very passionate driven entrepreneur, and I try try to find people like me, and and I would say that most people are just happy with making a, a good living doing what they do in WordPress. They don't want to stretch out of their comfort zone. They're big. You know, I have a family, but um, I, I I believe balance is unachievable, at least in my personal life. So um, I, I would say that a lot of them are more focused on balance, or which is fine. It's just I don't think we have a lot of people out there. When you're talking about venture-backed companies who are raising, you know, 1 million, 10 million, Series A, B, whatever, I don't think we have a lot, enough 
killers in the WordPress community, if that makes sense. Yep. I would like to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the uh, At the WordCamp, I had a, I had a gentleman approach me, um, a little bit older, maybe 40s, maybe early 50s, um, looking to build his WordPress business and, and just a service business, like a consulting business. And he went to my talk and he listens to the podcast and, you know, God, if you're listening right now, pay attention <laughs> because he came up to me and he said, you know, I'm doing this. I'm really struggling with it and uh, I'm having a hard time just getting people paying me more money. And I just said, well, are you focused on a particular vertical and, you know, are you servicing a certain set of clients? Because you, you have to sort of tame that chaos, uh, especially in the service industries. You know, who, who are you? What do you really do? You can't just service everyone because you'll never you'll never scale as an individual. Um, and, uh, he was just like, no, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then he walked away. <laughs> and, and so I was like, well, uh, you know, number one, we're at these work camps cause we want to help each other. And I was willing to sit there and, and sort of help him. But it was just like, he was, he, it was just like you said, it was like, uh, you know, I guess I'm comfortable with this, this sort of struggle. Well, don't be comfortable. Like grab me by the arm and be like, what are you doing, man? Or grab another entrepreneur. Like, what are you doing? How are you doing it? And it was just weird to me that he didn't want to, to pursue, uh, a, a more in-depth talk about it. Um, but you're right, killers definitely uh, in, in the WordPress world. This consulting, uh, how is that working out for you? Is it something that, uh, that you guys are doing often? Um, are you getting flown out to places to show people how to raise you know, millions of dollars? What's that like? So we, um, we're very picky about consulting, especially as the product starts to do better for us. Um, early on, probably our, our, our biggest client... Um, was Robert Space Industries. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but um, it's Chris Roberts who who did the original Wing Commander, wow. and um, he came out and um, he hired us because he wanted to do something different than Kickstarter, and he ended up raising. I mean, this we did this project for gosh, it was probably six to eight months, and they paid us well, but it was it was um, very very difficult times. But they raised like 13 million overall using our product, and you know, like four or five million initially. Um, but they just kept raising and raising and raising. So it was very successful for them. It's like the most successful DIY raise to date, I think. Um, so that was kind of our indoctrination in that. We thought, you know what, if he if he's willing to pay us this, you know, X amount of dollars to do this and he made out very well, like maybe we could do this for other people. Because we didn't initially even think about doing consulting because um, we didn't want to do like how to how to crowdfund. We wanted to do technical, technical consulting, you know, we'll gotcha. build a platform to ensure that you have – the tools you need. And so um, we do that from time to time. Like I said, we're very picky um, and we have generally a minimum criteria, but you know, sometimes we'll build like, so somebody wants a payment gateway and they're willing to pay us for it. So we build it and then we roll back into the product. So that's another fun thing that we'd love to do, you know, you know, basically getting paid to put <laughs> new features in. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, recently we did a project called Ski Nation um, it was a bunch of X game skiers and, and Olympic athletes. And you know, unfortunately the marketing element of that just didn't take off, but um, it was still a fun project and we built a theme that we can roll back into, you know, we're getting ready to release that. So um, we do enjoy it. We just, we want to make sure it's a great fit because as you know, clients can be, um, it can be a, a maddening to oh, deal yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you sort of segue right into my uh, sort of next question concept is a lot of folks listening to this are, are saying, I, I want to be a WordPress entrepreneur in the sense of building a plugin or a theme or a SaaS business because I got to get out of the client space. <laughs> um, is it fair to say that, you know, maybe when you finally make that, 
that switch over to, to doing product. Now, just forewarning, there's still a challenge, just like you spoke in, in the beginning. It took some time for it to really kick off. Um, it's not like you're going to instantly start getting all these sales right away. But does it allow you to sort of like maybe 10x your consulting service where you're like, no, 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 now we're the pros. We've, we've got this business of a product. Is it fair to say that you can actually raise the rates of your consulting and be uh, sort of picky like you are? Yes, absolutely. I think one of the benefits of having a product, especially if it's you know a, one of the leaders in, in its category, is that you are, like you said, you are um, a pro. You you know you understand the market, you understand the needs of the customer, and it just makes sense. Well, like why wouldn't you hire the person who who built the software? Um, so I, I think definitely that worked for us. You know we especially as sales took off, we're like you know this this is our rate and you know this is our minimum and if you don't like that then you probably want to go somewhere else like Elance or Odesk or whatever so it also helps with confidence um, it's really hard especially when you know you know that if you turn this client down you might not eat next month mm-hmm. and the client will pick up on that but if you can project confidence and tell the same client that you know uh, you know this just isn't a fit for me for X reasons if you change your mind here's how we can re- you know resolve it suddenly the client's begging you to work for them, and that changes the power structure um, dramatically. And and when you, when you start to be the consultant and not the freelancer, and you're the person that they seek out, and they're you know they're basically begging for you to work with them. That's that's when you can basically write your own ticket. Mm. And is is this sort of the the uh, the intro to the enterprise level? Is that how you kind of uh, the enterprise uh, version or enterprise uh, branded uh, ignition deck? Is that sort of how it started? Where you saw this this need to to be the pro in that space? Yeah, there's there's two reasons really. The first reason, you know, um, we had a lot of requests for it, and we, for kind of ethical reasons, we didn't want to build it because we're not big fans of kind of like the ebook phase when everybody wanted to sell an ebook on teaching your parrot to talk or whatever. <laughs> everybody wants to make a crowdfunding site and then charge three to five percent and and make money on other people's effort, and. I'm not. We're not. We're just not big fans of that because it felt. It just felt wrong. Um, and and I've talked with Adam about this. He understands it. Um, but there is a segment out there, especially in the nonprofit space, where it does make a lot of sense, and they need this, and they don't have anywhere else to go. And so, we, we wanted to. We wanted to do it. We wanted to do it right, and we wanted to take our time doing it. Really understand the space and the customer mindset before we did it. So that's why we took so long. But also. We started getting like the same consulting requests. Like, I want to do this, this, and this, and I need it for this price. And usually, it was like, I need it. It's five hundred dollars, and I need it ASAP. So, obviously, that's not a customer we, we want to serve on a consulting basis. But we thought, you know, we're getting like ten of these a week. It's clearly there's a need for this product at, at this price point. I mean, they're giving us the price point that they want to spend. Um, and so we said, you know what? Let's just start building it. And so, you know, right now it's on sale, but it will be priced at about five hundred bucks. And we're hoping to even go beyond that and target real enterprise solutions. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. Very cool. Um, and I was actually going to ask you about that. You know, let's say uh, somebody comes to you and, you know, you're out at a bar one night and they're like, hey, you're the dude from Ignition Deck. I just raised five million bucks and pulled up in this Porsche and I only paid $79 <laughs> for you to buy, <laughs> for, buy the plug-in. I mean, your thoughts on, on pricing and, and, and sort of that feeling. I'd like to know your thoughts on and that feeling of you being able to uh, enable people to raise millions when, in fact, you might have got you know seventy nine bucks. Yeah, you know that's like especially when when Star Citizen raises like fourteen million, we're like you know three to five percent of that would have would have been pretty nice. Yeah, but but they probably wouldn't have come to us if we had asked for that. So you know we figured that there's this is going forward maybe not 
rewards-based crowdfunding, but crowdfunding is here to stay and, you know, pre-orders are getting hot. Like, we think there's going to be enough business to where we, you know, we're entrepreneurs. We wanted to do it without a middleman, so it would be um, kind of hypocritical of us to charge a fee on top and, and take away that from someone else. So it's just something, it's a reality that we've we've allowed ourselves to live with because it, it kind of matches our philosophical um, foundation when it comes to our product. Um, we are working on maybe like a, we put a, pr- a page up a couple weeks ago. It's called Ignition Deck Nebula, and we're working on a platform that will kind of be like a cloud crowdfunding platform, mm-hmm. um, and we might charge a fee on top of that, but that's for a different reason. It's not really, um, you know, it's not really the same, and it wouldn't be the same as Kickstarter. So we're not against it completely. It's just we want to enable people to move. Yeah, if somebody raises a ton of money and they have a Ferrari, that's great. We think it's great. Yeah. Um, you know, and I asked this because uh, Chris Lemma recently posted about sort of the, um, uh, I forget how we, how we phrase it, but like sort of like the residue, the residue of freemium. Um, you know, the way I see it is people are paying for your product, but unlimited websites for 79 bucks, to me, that's, that's, you're paying, you're, you might as well be paying them to, <laughs> to use it because <laughs> it, it almost seems like it's just a, a, a giveaway for 79 bucks. Um, the, I mean, any pricing strategies, you know, especially in this world of WordPress, um, um, uh, uh, scalability and uh, sustainability is the word I was looking for. You know, everyone's kind of raising their rates. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on sort of freemium raising your rates and pricing in WordPress? Yeah, so that, that's a, to- a topic I love and it's something that we talk about every day. And, you know, we started off selling a plugin at 39 in beta, and then we raised it, to, I think, to 49, and then maybe 59, and it got up to 79, and we, we even priced this, tested 99. We found 79 was kind of optimal for that that particular package. But we still, I, I agree with you, I still think it's too low, um, because what you have the categories of, of like an indie musician who's barely scraping by trying to make an album, and then you have people who are, you know, have plenty of money, and 79 is nothing to them. So that's one of the reasons we've expanded our product line. Um, we're overall, I believe WordPress is priced too low. We do have a free a free product that's our Theme 500 framework, and we it's free, you know, to get people interested in trying Ignition Deck, but also because we want developers to develop for Ignition Deck. Um, but I think if you look at the landscape, you know, when we first started, there was a free plugin um, on WordPress. It was called like uh, maybe crowdfunding for WordPress or something, and that guy eventually got buried in support, and he started recommending us. So we had to survive that free competitor, and then there was one from WPMU that you know I can't remember their pricing structure. But was, through the past two years, we've had to kind of survive these phases of people coming in, pricing it at whatever price they have, and so we've tried to maintain some consistency, but also be you know a price that reflects our value relative mm. to the competition. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, it's definitely it's 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 the crowdfunding is definitely an interesting space, and it's interesting to see. Um, you know, uh, how successful you become with it, but also how you can sustain sort of these threats that come out, um, you know, day in and day out. Uh, biggest challenge right now for Ignition Deck, you know, is it that pricing? Is it, you know, features? Is it more customers? What is it? I think the biggest challenge for us is is probably twofold. We have, we're at the point now to where we're, you know, trying to decide how we want to staff up. Because, um, you know, we're, we're, we try to build our products so that we don't need very much support, and we've done a very good job of, of reducing bugs and minimizing support. 
Um, but we still spend, you know, probably a quarter of our week on support. Um, so we've got to fix that. Uh, plus we have, you know, people want more themes. They want more features. And these are things that we want to build. We need to build. We need to iterate fast. So being able to iterate faster is probably our biggest challenge right now. Um, at some point, I'm going to have to give up the reins. I can't be, you know, doing everything myself on the back end. And same with Sean on the front end. So deciding. It's, it's still just the two of you going at it. You don't have a team right now. Correct. We've okay. tried bringing on other people, but we couldn't find anyone as passionate about the product as we were. Yeah. And so it was just easier to just, you know, I'll just I'll work 70 hours a week and I'll just do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, how, how are you sort of ironing out these issues so that your support is, you know, at least somewhat streamlined? Is it like triple, quadruple checking code? Is it meeting with the both of you before some, some new feature launches? Any kind of secret formula to, to sort of help that? So, you know, our process is probably not the, the greatest process, but, um, you know, basically I test everything to death on my, you know, on my own test servers. I'm relentless in terms of just trying to find bugs. Um, I test with plugins, you know, different themes, all that stuff. And then I, we push it to a test server where Sean will, will try and break it. And he's very good at breaking things for me, actually. So um, <laughs> that works. But, you know, I, I think we've gotten very confident in our own abilities in that we feel like we don't have to um, overcheck things to push it live. And if it is pushed live and somebody notices a bug, we can fix it quickly and, and push it back real fast. So, um, you know, our formula is just iterate fast. I would say, you know, if it breaks, if somebody will tell us and then we'll fix it again and, and we just keep pushing. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, questions about uh, sort of WordPress uh, community and, and WordPress sort of in general. Uh, we both attended Pressnomics. Um, I just got out of a WordCamp. I'm sure you've been to, to the WordCamps before. Uh, you know, your thoughts on the community and, you know, Pressnomics versus a WordCamp. Uh, you know, are we going to see more business entrepreneurs in the WordCamps or are people like Pressnomics just going to dominate that scene? You know, I've been to a lot of conferences and it, you know, I usually don't get impressed because they all look the same to me. But Pressnomics, I was very impressed by it. Um, very high-quality production throughout, um, uh, especially compared to WordCamp. You know, no knock on WordCamp, but it's it's very casual compared to Pressnomics. So I'd like to see more of that. I don't. I think the problem is getting support from the foundation, and, and I think we're going to have some sort of give and take there. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'd like to see more of this. You know, the leaders in WordPress um, coming out together. Um, you know, I think the WordPress community itself, I think, is very casual and laid back, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, it's just I come from a place where, uh, you know, I'm more interested in the startup space and things like that, and so um, it's unusual for me to see that. And so I would like to see us push each other harder. I was talking to um, some guys at Pressnomics about how, you know, we all build like 30 versions of the same plugin for no apparent reason, just because we <laughs> want to build it. You know, and that's great if you like you're cutting your teeth, but like let's build some real solutions and let's build some solutions that we can become the standard in WordPress, kind of like a Gravity Forms is, and then let's build on top of that and let's just keep building out instead of just redoing each other's work over and over again. A new theme, a new plugin that does you know something just a little bit different. So. I would just like to see, especially WordCamps, I would like, it's kind of oriented towards beginners, and I would like to see that expand and become and challenge people a bit more. Mm, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, Derek Neighbors uh, did a, a talk at Pressnomics, sort of challenging us as a WordPress community. Um, you know, did that, that talk resonate with you, and do you think there is a, a next step uh, in this sort of stack of technology? I mean, is there enough room to to build something great on top of WordPress that could make an impact like a WordPress. 
Yes, I, I think there is. Unfortunately, I had to jet out early, so I, don't, I didn't see that talk, but it sounds like something I would have loved to have seen. Oh, oh that's right. There's no videos, darn it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe he'll have slides somewhere. But I, I do think that we need to step it up. Or if we're not, if the people who, who are in WordPress don't want to step it up, then we um, find, bring in some people who, who do want to. But I, I think my concern and, and you know, no knock on the people who build WordPress and no knock on Matt, but I, I think I'm a little worried about the dynamics between WordPress, um, you know, automatic and, you know, how the rest of us, for example, in MySpace, Matt invested in, you know, I guess you could say our competitor, CrowdTilt. And I, I thought, you know, has he ever invested in WordPress companies? And yeah, I haven't found anyone to tell me yes. So I do worry that there, I feel like sometimes we're kind of left alone to struggle on our own, and I think we need more leadership. So I think we're going to need somebody on the business side to kind of lead that effort. So mm. we're going to have to come together in some sort of, like Pressnomics, but some sort of formal organization. Yeah. Uh, boy, if I ever have a co-host for Matt Report, I think it's going to be you because <laughs> you're, you're speaking you're speaking my language, and and I love it because I I think we are I think the great thing about WordPress, uh, obviously aside from being uh, open source and accessible, is is a community and it's a it's a democracy, but it's a democracy with sort of out. Uh, a main there's there's no president, if you will, um, there's no general, um, and you know this is sort of how we're all kind of finding our footing. The good thing is we can go in any direction we want. We can take it, run with it, and do whatever we want. The bad thing is, uh, you know, there is no one sort of spearheading this. And, and yeah, there's a certain uh, air of have and have-nots in the WordPress community. And when you see things like that um, coming from the figurehead, that is WordPress, you know, investing in other, com- in comp- in other companies, it's just like, well, what about us? What about me? Um, and hey, I mean, the good thing is, is you can go anywhere, right? You can post it on Hacker News, looking for an investor or go to demo days, that kind of thing. You have the opportunity, but it is a little disheartening when you see that, especially in this quote unquote tight knit community that we're all a part of. Yeah, especially, you know, because I, I think investors, that's a whole probably something we could talk about forever, too. But, you know, um, they hear WordPress and they think, well, that's, you know. That's that's a no for me, um, because I think of WordPress as a small little, you know, it's a cute lifestyle business. But right. WordPress can be bigger. But of course, well, we also have to worry about, you know, what if the rug gets pulled out from underneath us, and you know, that's something we discuss. But I think there's a perception problem when it comes to investing in, in building better, bigger businesses at scale. That you know, having some leadership will help us work through that. Also, absolutely, absolutely. So um, let's jump into one of the final two segments here. Um, Next segment is what's in uh, what's in your toolbox. What uh, piece of software or hardware do you use on a daily basis um, that folks might not be privy to? Uh, I noticed you said Trello. Is there anything else that the crowd might uh, be interested in trying out? Yes. Yeah, so from a code management perspective, I I, co- I write in Sublime Text too. I um, push it through. Um, Beanstalk using versions, and that automatically deploys for us to our different test servers and production servers. I, I love that that whole flow. Um, we're, we're, you know, Bitbucket is, is also a great place, especially free issue tracking and stuff like that. So from a technical side, that I, I love that stuff. From a uh, financial side, um, there's two apps. You know, we use Stripe and PayPal to take payments, and there's an app for iPhone and iPad, I think, called PayPad. It has um, great tracking for Stripe, and it, it's much better than the Stripe dashboard, so I love that. And there's also one called Putler for PayPal. It's P-U-T-L-E-R, and they've got a, an iPhone app and a, a desktop app. 
and that helps me generate you know reports and things like that because I'm a big I also manage kind of our financials and, and our growth and things like that so when I need to create reports every month of sales and track performance I use those two tools to put it all together that's awesome I'm gonna have to check those out because I did not know they existed yeah I love them uh, Butler's a monthly fee but I'll, I'll gladly pay it um, sweet let's jump into the lightning round ask you a series of quick questions and you'll have a series of quick answers sure the one plugin you cannot live without besides your own oh that's that's tough um, oh I would guess um, the the SEO plugin. I really love. Um, I, don't, I always forget how to pronounce his name. Yoast. Yoast. Yep. Yeah, I love his SEO plugin. Nice. Uh, a favorite WordPress or business book? Ooh, that's another good one. Um, WordPress book, not so much. Business work books. Um, you know, I cut my teeth on some of the thirty-seven signal stuff, like rework. Yep. Um, I can go with that. Good stuff. Uh, a quote that you live or run your business by? Oh, gosh. Um, there's, there's not really a quote, but I would say it's more of a mentality. It's just um, I try, um, and Bill said it in Pressnomics, I try to, to work harder, faster, more often, and without be, you know, more relentlessly than my competitors. That's awesome. The best business uh, or career advice you ever received? I think I would say it's do something that solves your own problems and not somebody else's problems. Uh, the longest a client project has ever taken? Um, I would say about eight months. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? I, I really, despite its flaws in setting it up, I'd like to try Ghost. Nice. Who should I interview next? Hmm. Um, I would... Gosh, you've probably interviewed everybody I would I would recommend. Um, have you interviewed Pippin yet? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, I would I would find somebody in the e-commerce space that's the CEO outside of WordPress. I don't I know your show's WordPress, but just to get a different yeah, no, I I love to do that. I actually love bringing on people outside of it so that we can learn uh, learn from their experiences too. So I'm like the Shopify CEO. Yeah, that's a good point. I should try to self-fi. pursue him. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? Ooh, I would say um, I think you probably have a lot of people doing consulting services on this call, on this um, podcast. So I would say if you are doing consulting, um, you can waste a lot of time um, chasing leads and trying to convince people to, to pay you. I would qualify everyone right off the bat by demanding a you know a thirty to fifty percent retainer and mm. don't even schedule a call with them mm. um, until they're willing to put their money where their mouth is. That's awesome. Um, well, Nathan, this has been an amazing uh, an amazing episode. I can't thank you enough. We are uh, this question that you actually you just brought up. Let's talk about that and sort of that bonus material. Um, sure. that folks can grab. Uh, you can get that over at mattreport.com slash register. Um, I just came up with that name on the fly, so I'm definitely going to change that for the next episode. Um, so, But anybody listening to this, you'll get it at uh, mattreport.com slash register. Nathan, uh, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? The best place to find me is probably on Twitter. I'm at and hanging, N-H-A-N-G-E-N, and of course, ignitiondeck.com is where um, our main product lies. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for doing the show. And no problem. Thanks, Matt.